the hard truth of worldwide penis sizes. Humans are out, cats are in at the Oakland A's ballpark, and parents are upset over a teacher using a cotton plant to teach slavery. These are the weird stories for Thursday on the Weird AF News Podcast, the only daily weird news podcast recorded in a closet in Southern California, baby. Where are you? Tell me. I want to know. I want to know. We have some data about world penis size. There's some surprising statistics I'd like to bring to your attention. It's the sound of science. I don't know if this is science. It's penis data. Okay, there was a study that was done from self-reported data. So it's self-reported, which means I'm not quite sure this is exactly accurate or scientific. Uh, The article begins by saying, apparently, not everything is bigger in America, guys. At least not when it comes to men's penis sizes. The online pharmacy from Mars used some Google data from 86 countries to conduct a study on penis size around the planet. And uh, we're going to learn some hard truths in the data. Get it, guys? Hard truths. (laughs) That's what you get on Weird AF News. Dick jokes. Okay. Whether people are concerned about the size or the shape or any other aspect, for that matter, of the penis. Most of us have wondered at some point or another whether ours is large enough. This is true. Penis size can have a massive impact on confidence, as you know, and self-image. Now, the article that I've got here is from Canada. And so within it, it says there's some good news for members of the great white north. And... The men in Canada can stand erect with pride because the average size of a Canadian penis, apparently, is 12th in the world. Uh, The U.S. came in at a paltry 59th place. My goodness, 59th. Horrible. Very embarrassed for my country. Because America is known for big. It's go big or go home over here. We're known for everything big. Our big vehicles... Our very large stomachs. Have you noticed how big our stomachs are? We're killing the world in stomach girth, I'd imagine. (laughs) You try and beat these stomach diameters, boy. Okay, Jonesy, enough about Canada and the U.S. We just want to know one thing. Where are the largest penises? What country? Well, you might be surprised to learn that men in Ecuador are the planet's most well-endowed with an average size of 6.93 inches when erect. Well, how about that? The men in Ecuador have some potent peniles. Coming in second is Cameroon. I have no idea where that is. I should probably get smart. In Cameroon, the average is 6.56, followed by Bolivia at 6.5 inches. Wow, South America really pulling their weight in penis size. I mean, I guess Ecuador is technically Central America. Uh, Okay, fourth and fifth, we have Sudan and Haiti. And now you're also probably wondering, Jonesy, where are the, where are the tiny penises? I want to know so I can avoid that place altogether when searching for a mate, bro. Well, you might be happy to learn or sad to learn that Cambodia is in last place at 3.9 inches, inches when erect, followed by uh, Taiwan and the Philippines. That's your bottom three. No surprise that these are Asian countries. Because it's a cliche for a reason, guys. 
Now, Canada was at 12th, tied with Angola. The United States at 59 was uh, measured at 5.35 inches, while the Brits landed in 66th place with a 5.17-inch tally. Now, the study has one caveat, which means this might not be too scientific or reliable. The results come from self-reported data. So a bunch of people measuring their erections and sending in the number. This leaves open the possibility that participants may have taken some liberties with their assessments. I mean, perhaps that's true for the top five, but I I highly doubt the bottom five is lying. (laughs) Like, you wouldn't send in 3.5-inch erection numbers confidently, would you? You wouldn't be stretching it (laughs) with that. (laughs) Then the article asks the age-old question, but does size really matter? Does it even make a damn difference? Here's a quote from a woman. (laughs) I think I know what she's going to say. Ultimately, the answer is maybe or maybe not. The truth is that the owner of the penis is far more likely to be worried about the size of their penis than their sexual partners are, we find. What wise words that hopefully will make men with a micro penis feel better, you know? Um, As for my penis, you're probably wondering, should I talk about it on the show? Probably not. I'll just say I've had no complaints, really. Well, one complaint, but I don't know what her lifestyle and history is all about, so I can't really take that with any grains. Humans are out and cats are in at the Oakland A's ballpark. The Oakland A's are preparing to move from Ring Central Coliseum, but it seems that their fans have already decided to move because they're not attending games. The team is seeing record low attendance at the beginning of the 2022 season, while the team's home opener on April 18th drew 17,500 fans. That's the home opener, the first game of the season, which in I would say 99% of all cases is a sellout, not in Oakland. The numbers have plummeted from there. The following day, so the second game of the season, 3,748 fans, which is a 42-year low. And for them, a real record. But it only lasted for one day because on April 20th, attendance sank to 2,703 fans. You'll see more fans at a minor league ball game than that. How sad. The team's ownership wasn't really in the building either. Uh, owner John Fisher, team president David Caval, and other executives have been spending time in Las Vegas meeting with landowners. They're looking for potential sites that uh, could one day house the new A's ballpark. Yes, they're pursuing a new home in Las Vegas. How sad. The Oakland A's franchise has a long history of winning. Many World Series, great teams, 70s. And, of course, they won a World Series in, what was it, uh, 89? So this is, this is not a team that's like the Cleveland Indians or something. <laughs> no offense to Cleveland Indians fans, but, yeah. This is, oh, they're not even called the Indians anymore. I'm so sorry. The, the Commanders? Is it the Commanders? No. The, hold on. I have to look it up. I can't keep up, guys. It's the Guardians, the Cleveland Guardians. How could I forget? I need a Guardian to protect me against getting canceled for screw-ups like this. <laughs> Josie, you can't say the word Indian. Not on your show. Now, it says here, one of the reasons that Oakland can't draw fans, it's because they've traded their key players in the offseason to save money. Um, they have a, an extremely low payroll. You won't believe it. I had to I looked this up. Now, I know some of you aren't 
sports fans, but I'm a huge sports fan, and so I do a couple sports stories a year on Weird AF News. Please permit me that. Um, but I want to. I want you to understand. Uh, you, we don't have a salary cap in Major League Baseball. You understand what this is? A salary cap usually puts a maximum that a team can spend, and but also a minimum. Um, and this is to ensure what's called competitive balance, which is what you want in your sports leagues. And most leagues have this: basketball, the NFL. But Major League Baseball is a, a different. It's a different beast. They're doing. They've been doing their own thing. There's no salary cap. You can spend as much as you want or as little as you want. So now you end up with a situation like this. The number one payroll in Major League Baseball is the Dodgers. $290 million for their team. $290. Now, Oakland is second to last. $50 million. <laughs> So you have the Dodgers. Oh, nearly $300 million they've spent on their team. The Oakland A's, $50 million. Baltimore is at 45, 46 million right there too at the basement. Isn't that kind of crazy? What do you expect when these are the numbers? I mean, it's pretty apparent what kind of team you're going to field when you're only spending, you know, one sixth of the number one team. So yeah, this is a lack of competitive balance, but it was done by the owners this way because they're cheap. Sounds like to me, I don't know. How do you have, there's, there's a player that makes 50 million this year, probably, which is what the whole team makes in Oakland. How do you let that happen? It's just, it's very, very sad. They kind of get what they deserve, in my opinion. Uh, now, if you remember the title of this story that I'm covering, there's another fascinating feature of this, and that is cat attendance at the stadium is on the rise. Feral cats have, have infiltrated the Oakland A's baseball stadium. A colony of 30 to 40 cats is flourishing in, in the Coliseum. It began during the pandemic, and these cats continue to live there. Why do they allow these cats to live there? Well, because the Oakland Coliseum has a rat infestation as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, they're allowing these feral cats to be there to deal with the rodents. And it says here they're pretty happy about that. They don't have as many rats at the stadium as they used to, according to a stadium authority. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. And the cats work for free at the stadium. And, um, you know, I think we can glean from this story that the owner of the Oakland A's doesn't really like to pay his employees. So that's that's perfect. Now, uh, I'm going to be going to San Francisco in August for some shows. And I have shows in Oakland as well. If you happen to be up there at that time, come see me. Uh, but one of the things I'm going to be doing is visiting this stadium before they close it. I've never been there and I'm very excited to do so. Me and the other six fans. Hey, you know what? One of the benefits of going to a professional ball game with hardly anybody in the stands is you have a greater chance of getting a foul ball. You know, that's pretty cool. And I can probably get in the stadium for seven bucks. Let's be real. Seven dollar tickets, I imagine, is what's going on over there. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Parents are debating whether it was okay for a teacher to use a cotton plant to teach students about slavery. Uh, an unnamed teacher at San Francisco's Creative Arts Charter School was sent on a five-week leave after bringing in some cotton plants. 
Um, this occurred on March 3rd. The teacher was, was teaching a lesson on the cotton gin, its invention, and its impact on slavery and the Industrial Revolution, according to the media. The teacher wanted her eighth grade students to feel the sharp edges that used to pierce the hands of slaves while picking the cotton and pulling out the seeds. So the teacher brought in an actual cotton plant. Um, one day after the lesson, the school launched an investigation and sent an apology letter to the families for the, quote, unacceptable, harmful, and inappropriate teaching that did not reflect the school's anti-racist, progressive-minded curriculum. And I have to say, I completely disagree with the school. <laughs> this is not racist by any means. To teach somebody the history of what occurred in this country, uh, the cotton plant, I mean, say what you want. This happened. All right. So what are you going to do about it? Just push it away and hide it in history. The teachers, I assume, isn't bringing in the cotton plant with the whole ideology of slavery was fantastic and great. And we should go back to that. I mean, let's be reasonable people here, right? The teacher didn't do that. Had the teacher done that? Yeah. Bye, teacher. And your messed up ideology you're then sharing and passing on to children, programming them to be okay with slavery. I highly doubt she's programming the students to be okay with slavery. I highly doubt it. She's just trying to give them an experience so that they can perhaps even feel more empathetic towards what happened. Like, what's wrong with that? <laughs> like... Bringing in the cotton plant. Look at these things. Look at how it would it would hurt. Imagine doing this all day. How terrible was that? Oh, maybe the kids are now more empathetic to what happened, more sympathetic to what had you know went on in this country, and then uh, henceforth we'll go forward with a better you know a bigger empathy, a broader spectrum of empathy for people that have gone through that, and maybe that even folds over into their attitude towards African Americans now. <laughs> I mean, I don't see what's wrong with this at all, to be honest. But then again, you know what? I'm not a parent. The teacher was forced to issue a formal apology as well to the students and the family. Here's what her letter said. In teaching U.S. history, there are many challenging and sensitive topics to learn about, and I look forward to continuing to improve my approach to addressing these with support from the administration. And of course, the situation raised debates among the school's largely, largely liberal community who don't necessarily agree with conservative bans against critical race theory being taught in school. Um, we have a parent here named Rebecca, who is black and Jewish. Uh, one of the students is a child of hers. She said the cotton ball lesson was out of line for the progressive San Francisco school. She believes putting raw cotton in children's hands can evoke so many deeply hurtful things about this country. I, I don't believe that, because children, they're not... <laughs> it doesn't evoke... what past experiences that the children never experienced or probably barely know about? Are you okay, Rebecca? <laughs> yeah, if you put this raw cotton in the hands of an older person that actually went through it, yeah, it's going to evoke deepful, deeply hurtful things. They're going to have some cotton-picking PTSD, I'd imagine. But these are children. They don't have a history of this. <laughs> what are you talking about? Another parent described... This disciplinary action of the teacher to be unbearably cruel. The parents said, I think it's insane they would treat a teacher like this and basically discard a teacher that has been so inspiring and dedicated. And that's the end of the story. I agree with this parent. And whether it's to bring in a cotton ball 
to teach them about the cotton gin, the Industrial Revolution, and slavery, or bringing in some other prop to teach some history. I would have loved my history teacher to do something like this, like bringing in a piece of history instead of just my face in a book. I mean, this is a, this is a teacher that realizes kids don't like the, the whole book thing, learning about history. Someone standing up in front of you and barking history at you is, you know, it's not the most ideal way of teaching this stuff because the shit is boring in general to, to children. So you need something. You need a cookie. You need bring in something visual, watch a video, a movie, bring in a prop. I mean, this teacher is like trying to think outside the box to get children interested in something they ordinarily aren't interested in. So I don't see what's wrong with this at all. It shows, I think, a quality in a teacher that we need more of personally. Maybe you disagree. Call the show 646-450-2012. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture, and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey, what's up? It's Jonesy. I hope you're doing okay. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and that it was a, a nice distraction for you. Just trying to entertain and maybe teach you a little bit here. Uh, I want to give some thanks and praise. I, the birthday wishes are still flowing in, and I'm so grateful. I'm very touched with how many of my listeners reached out to me to wish me a happy birthday. This is probably the most people ever that have wished me a happy birthday. I can't tell you. I've just been overwhelmed with love, and I'm I'm really grateful. I just want you to know how grateful I am. Uh, and then I have some people buying me coffee still. We have uh, Jessica, Jessica Weemers. Um, she sent me a PayPal donation to funnyjones at gmail.com. And she left me a little note for birthday coffee, maybe some drinks, some Pedialytes, and for being in a Red Hot Chili Pepper cover band, Jonesy. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Uh, by the way, I forgot to say this yesterday on the show. My, my previous Red Hot Chili Pepper cover band was called Pepper Spray, which, which I came up with. I was very proud of it. I thought it was hilarious. And you know what? I think I might post an old video of pepper spray in the Patreon. So if you guys would like to see that, you should probably think about joining the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash weirdafnews or go to weirdafnews.com and click on the Patreon banner. Uh, what else do we have here? My good old buddy Chef Ryan bought me some coffees as well and wrote, go get a drink on me, homie. Happy birthday. Yeah, Chef Ryan, I'm going to get a drink on you, homie, and some other things. Like what, Jonesy? I can't say it's a kid's show. Okay, also Nora in New York City bought me some coffees as well. Nora and I have had a lot of discussions on Instagram. She's, she's a wonderful human being, big supporter of Weird AF News, and I'm so grateful. And then we have here uh, Joe Fernandez from Reno wrote me a happy birthday, Jonesy. Come visit Reno soon. Joe in Reno. I've actually met Joe before in Reno. <laughs> or was it Vegas, Joe? No, I think it was Reno. I've only met like a handful of, of patrons and of patrons of listeners in real life. And uh, Joe was one of them, actually. Super nice guy. And I'm so appreciative of the birthday gift. Uh, the marrying lady from Toronto. Uh, one, of, one of my lovely Canadian listeners. I have so many. Canada, man. Unbelievable. Just so much support for Jonesy in Canada. Canada. I think I should move up there and never pay for a beer the rest of my life. 
the marrying lady wrote, Happy birthday, you weirdo. Your birth... Listen to this. Your birth has brought so much joy to my mornings, Jonesy. Thank you. And even though I bought you some coffees, I hope one of these has Bailey's in it. It's our coffee accessory of choice in our igloos in Canada. Much love, the marrying lady in Toronto. Yeah. I love Bailey's. I really do. I really do. Bailey's in my coffee. I, I like whiskey as well. Um, so an Irish whiskey or an Irish coffee, I should say, is with the whiskey. And then if you add Bailey's, it's called something else. But it's um, it's like taking your Irish coffee to a whole new level. Oh, I love Bailey's. I'll, I'll, I would swim in a swimming pool of Bailey's. I would so enjoy that. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't give some big-time love to Connie from Georgia, who bought me a gift certificate to Fanatics, which is a sports apparel site, and they're awesome. That site has amazing sports apparel, man. I've gotten, uh, Connie's gotten me a gift certificate from there before. I got myself some amazing Celtics shorts. By the way, go Celtics. We're on the next round of the playoffs. Oh, unbelievable. I'm going to buy some more Celtics gear, actually, Connie. So thank you for that. That was, that's an amazing birthday present. I'm so pleased. Also, we have Adam and Heather Chapasco. Uh, Heather's an OG fan of the show. Big time supporter. We chat often. Um, she, she emails me all sorts of cool stuff. And um, they sent me a, a Starbucks gift card, which is super cool. There's a Starbucks right down the street. We'll definitely take full advantage of that. Heather, thank you so much. And then um, we got a, a note here. Happy birthday from New Orleans, or happy birthday New Orleans style from Amani and Nikki, a.k.a. Stella Marie. And uh, what Stella and uh, Imani sent me was some, some coffee, some New Orleans style coffee. Café du Mont. Are you guys familiar with this? It's a coffee that's been kind of cut a little bit with chicory. Uh, and I know exactly what to use this for. Vietnamese coffee. Yeah, Vietnamese coffee. I got a dripper. You put that, uh, what's that? That uh, condensed milk drips down into the, oh, super cool, right? I'm very excited for this. And uh, some candy as well, which was, which was just amazing. I got that package this morning and I was so pleased. Thank you so much. That, that's really showing the love there. Stella Marie, big shout out. Um, if you, st- you want to send me anything, just reach out. I'll give you my address. You can mail me something cool if you feel like it. Um, if not, you can you know buy me some coffees or make a donation off the website, weirdafnews.com. My PayPal is funnyjones at gmail.com as well. Or just reach out to me. Say happy birthday. I mean, the birthday wishes make me feel amazing as well. I got so many, and I'm so grateful. I know I'm beating this drum again about how grateful I am, but you have no idea how touched I am. Never did I never did anything in my life that it had this kind of response. So, for me to, you know, experience this overwhelming gratitude from people like all over the world is just just I, I don't know. I don't even understand it. Like, I don't even never expected anything like this, and uh, yeah, it's kind of weird. But uh, like it feels really good. So I'm very humbled by it all, really, to be honest with you. And uh, I appreciate everybody. Uh, tomorrow's Friday, by the way, so you know the deal. Florida Friday, only doing stories from the state of Florida. So if you want to send me some stuff, links to articles from um, from that crazy state of Florida from this week, um, preferably, it's funnyjones at gmail.com. You can DM me at funnyjones on Instagram and at funnyjones on Twitter as well.
Good luck with your life, man. We love you. Goodbye. 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 Bye. Hi, Jonesy. It's Connie from Cedartown, Georgia, calling to wish you a happy birthday. And I hope you've, your day is going great and you have a great rest of the week. And as far as your celebration, do you like the Eric, Eric Church song? Drink a little drink, smoke a little smoke. Cause I know you're going to do that anyway, probably. So, <laughs> so have fun, be careful and take care. Love you all and all the weirdos and have a good, oh, good luck with your life, man. Bye.